Hey, Dame. What's good? You know, I was curious. We've been home for a minute now recording remotely. And, you know, I just feel like I've had so much more time on my hands. I've been listening to more music, watching more shows, engaging with more podcasts. And I was curious, have you listened to any podcasts recently? Nope. Still no. I, I make this and I watch things. And I love all you podcast listeners because you make this work possible. <laughs> but all you other podcasters, don't ask me. I have not heard your podcast. I'm really sorry. It is no <laughs> hard feelings. I don't listen to my own. <laughs> if you were... If I were to though, a podcast. I know where I would go. Where would you go? I'm going to check out Overcast. Overcast is an independent podcast app that embraces the open world of podcasting instead of locking it down. No exclusives, no premium content, no paywalls, just a great podcast app for everyone. Yeah, I love independence. I love free things. This sounds like where I'm going to have to go uh, step into this game of podcast listening podcast for the people get it for free on the app store let's go back let's go back let's go back let's go back well hello what up this is ergo it is i am kiss i'm damon and are you ready to go back with us let's take it back each month this year we are highlighting a different episode from the ergo archive and going back uh, to a conversation that we've had in the past. This month is our conversation with the legendary Stretch and Bobito from December 2015. So we'd only been doing the show like six months at this point. Uh, Stretch and Bob had been heroes of mine for a long time. For those who don't know, uh, they had a legendary middle-of-the-night radio show in New York in the 90s on WKCR. Um, and damn near every rapper that I like to listen to from that era came up there and was on that show. It really set the stage for, you know, what became known as multiple golden eras for people who came up on that show. And they built that space and have done amazing work since uh, really celebrating, contributing to and documenting uh, this culture. So certainly pioneers for the underground hip hop space, as well as independent media. Uh, and it was a great moment for us because uh, when me and Daniel first got together and, and Kiss had the idea of doing a show uh, before we really build out the structure, the first like reference points were Studs Turkle and Stretch and Bobbito. And how do we be a mix of that? Uh, so it was really exciting to get this opportunity to meet these pioneers and to be able to work with them. But after the conversation, this is not on audio. Uh, oh, Bobbito Garcia said, man, I really like you guys. And you remind me of us. And <laughs> no, even better. He said you're like the younger, better version of what we used to be. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So we're like the younger, better version Which of what is... you used to be. And so we played it cool, dapped up, didn't even ask for a picture being too cool. They they walked out the room. Uh and then Daniel <laughs> started giddily jumping through space, uh, nearly cartwheeled. <laughs> Uh, but he hasn't quite got One his cargo game. One of my first game. gallops. Yeah, yeah, he was really giddy. And I was so happy for us, but really happy for him to have that moment. Um, and, and it was amazing. And it's good to go back because this is back in the days where we really saw ourselves as more of a hip-hop show. And now all of this radical speak uh, has, you know, taken over. And so it's fun to be able to talk back with folks who are engaging the art and the music and the craft of the work. And now, five years later, our conversation with Stretch and Bobbito from 2015. Let's go back. It's Air Go Radio. I'm Daniel Kissinger. I'm my own this week. For, uh, I guess, the first time that was since we started the show uh, six months ago, Damon Williams taking a well-deserved New Year's off 
You're listening to WHPK 88.5, whpk.org. This is Ergo showcasing strong young voices from Chicago and beyond. We have a very special New Year's show with some very special guests for you this week. Stretching Bobito, for those of you who are unaware, uh, were the hosts of a radio show in New York in the 90s on WKCR, which is the Columbia University station. And they had everyone uh, from Jay-Z to Big L to Nas to the Fugees, every important hip-hop act basically of the 90s came through there before they were anyone, got on the microphone, freestyled, shared their ideas, shared their voice. And their, uh, that show is one of definitely the inspirations for us. Um, we were fortunate enough to sit down with them when they were in town last month. Uh, they're screening a new documentary that Bobito directed, they were both involved in, uh, called Stretching Bobito Radio That Changed Lives. It's one of my favorite movies I've ever seen. It's on Vimeo right now on demand. Definitely cop that. Uh, check it out. It's an amazing story. And if you like what we do, uh, it's directly from what they do. So that's who we learned it from. They're the forefathers, the foreparents of this work. Uh, uh, just a little backstory on how this came together. So they have this amazing new documentary they made about the show called Stretch and Bobito Radio That Changed Lives. They were here in Chicago uh, doing a screening of it, and uh, we were lucky enough to have lunch with them and a few other media folks and then sit down for a great conversation. So without further ado, here, Stretch and Bobito on Ergo WHPK. We're going to start with probably the most famous sound coming from that show, Big L and Jay-Z trading bars. This is Air Go. Hi, Big L. Pardon the uh, technical difficulties. Check it out. Yeah. Check uh-huh. it out. Right. Check you it out. You want to put your man on too? You can do it together. All right, all right. Yeah. I'm going to set it off like this. Check it out. Yo, check it. Yo, I got slugs for snitches. No love for... Putting thugs in ditches with my trigger finger itches I got a rep to make police jet Known to get a pre-sweat I never beg for pussy like Keith Sweat It's Big L, slow hell no on a roof when I ain't got no hotel dough. I'm known for yoking Japs and beating them with smoking gats. Leaving token blacks with broken backs and open caps. So with that bullshit, step to the rear, son. The last thing you want with Big L is a fair one. Cause in a street brawl, I strike men like lightning. You seen what happened in my last fight, friend? I right, then. I beat kids with lead pipes. I leave trails of dead mics where I'm from. Niggas' juice get ran like red lights. Old folks get mugged and raided. Crimes are drug related. And we live by the street rules that thugs created. Clowns get smoked. About a thousand folks are selling pounds of coke Running this town to get a text stuck down your throat I'm telling you shit is about to get drastic soon I'm quick to blast a goon and break a motherfucker like a plastic spoon I got the looks to make your hottie steal I keep a shoddy near It's that nigga with naughty hair who got he fear Tracks I'm known to roast until the microphone is ghost Props I own the most I'm leaving niggas comatose Run and get your brain pinched Big L I have your whole gang lynched I started smoking dust and been insane since This rap shit was a great gift the other night some snake rift and got a hot lead facelift all through high school i had braids i kept mad blades stabbing teachers to death they gave me bad grades i cooked the mic like a beef steak because my technique's great and i'm the nigga police hate in each state because i'm the neighborhood lamp of punk rubber vampire around you find my silk boxes in your mother's yeah. hamper cops drop when my glock makes the pal sound i'm from a wild town you know my style clown so bow down Word up. Say what? Say 95 what? style. I yeah. got my man Jay-Z here. Jay-Z. 
Boy, step up to mean? the mic. Step up to the Yeah, word up. The single's called Put It On. It's in stores right now. Produced by my man Buck Wow. Yeah. And the chorus got Kid Capri. It got an LG remix, which you heard a little while ago. Word up. Yeah. Jay Z. I just, just wondering if, if that was a condom endorsement. Oh, nah, 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 nah. Wow. They banter a little bit. Just a quick note, the interview yeah, we coming got, up we also got the with Stretch and Bob. Uh, the audio quality isn't great. I apologize for that. I think it's listenable. I hope you do too. But you know what we do here at Ergo. It's a little janky in that Stretch and Bob tradition. Coming up right after Jay-Z, Stretch and Bobito here on Ergo. It was probably a reef. Yeah, it was probably a reef. Y'all be you up here, you know what I'm saying? So I don't give a goddamn who it was. I'm yeah. good now. You do your thing, baby. So you like you want the speed or you want yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, that that, right. that shit is fine. It's good. Check it out now. Check it, check, check it out now. Hey, yo, what? Uh, brothers can beg and borrow. Still feel sorrow when Jay-Z like Zorro. Get in that ass. Better luck tomorrow. I'm too much, nigga, so never should you rush. You need to slow down or get your ass toe down. Check it out. I'm too cocky to stop me. You gotta kill me. And when I'm gone, you can still feel me. On the real beat, this shit is eternal. I rock the heavens well. Even if they won't let me in heaven, I raise hell till it's heaven. Recognize the black cat with uh. the nine lives. Get up off me, nigga. It's bad luck to cross Woo. me. I'm popping crystal. Shooting game like missiles, ass projected or holes affected by this stuff. I'm act like Goldie, go back like the Odie, but the goodie pulling RB wearing hoodies. They don't be knowing the way I be flowing when I be going. I be running the track like Jesse Owens. I disrupt the natural scheme the way that you do things with a swing and have them rocking like. You say never you run, if ever you come, it's never you run So fast in your life to never have one Come on and ride the rhythm, I produce like jism Just like the cars, I start with knowledge and follow with wisdom For greater understanding, I'm landing, blows and Knocking sense into those that oppose me Enticing when slicing through tracks, you're screaming Jesus Christ is back and God knows he can rap Me and L put rhythm on the map, so give him his dab And me, I just take mine, give me those, give me this, give me that that. You never see me stress, energy yes, on the prize My greedy eyes can't see no less, jigger incredible Even my thoughts is federal, like kidnapping, extortion and corruption So you know, beating me, I never come like a nun Or tomorrow, I'm too thorough, nigga I make moves, cause bows to move When I'm creeping through your way with a thousand little dudes Um, with a piece like Islam, I make your eyes rise like yeast Surprise, I feel no fear when facing y'all Bet your lyrics Jump off the track like racing cars. MCs trying to be the best. And even in dying, couldn't be this death. I see no reason to stop cheesing. Ever since L said throw three G's in. And we could get down and split the wealth. That's when I found I could do it myself. I get up. Yeah. Or lie. Big L, try that mic up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Round one. The mic, the mic, when the mic is open up here, it's open, I don't know. We got four hours, no commercial. You're listening to Ergo on WHPK 88.5, ergoradio.com. I'm Daniel. I'm Damon. Is that an airline? What? Oh my God. Ergo. No, it's, it's a pun. It's what it is. A-I-R-G-O. Oh, like the go. Chicago, I got you, I got you. <laughs> yeah, well, we use knives as forks here, and we have a lot of puns. That's what we do. Welcome to Chicago. <laughs> why, don't, uh, why don't y'all go ahead and introduce yourselves? I go by the name of Stretch Armstrong. What up? Ooh, ooh. My name is Bobby Garcia, aka Cool Bob Love. Happy to be on WHPK. I used to send records to Chili Q and, and JP Chill back in the early 90s when I worked at Def Jam to WHPK, also to WCRX, uh, to, to Pink House. 
So mad props to the Chicago hip hop radio lineage uh, yeah. of which the two of you young lads are a part of. <laughs> I appreciate it. Definitely mad love uh, to you. Uh, I'm quick like about a story. We went to school together and he's from New York and then he moved to Chicago and mm -hmm. I was like kind of one of the bridges to a city and he came to me and was like, yo, let's do this radio show. Uh, and the way he pitched it was like, it's two thirds stretching Bobito, one third. What's the other guy? Studs Turkle. So like you guys are literally like the model that. Oh, word. Word. Who's, who's, who's the other guy? Studs Turkle was a uh, uh, ethnographer and organizer uh -huh. here who had a show uh, where he did interviews mostly with working class folks in the city and mm. also famous folks, and they would do these ethnographies where you compile it into books. It's some real like Dope. smart intellectual shit. Dope. But it was <laughs> but it was open to the public and like he was a champion of oh he's an amazing person. Dope. I'll make sure to give but like the idea was let's take those kinds of questions and compile it with trying to capture this moment in this movement because there's a lot of amazing stuff happening. But anyway, this is a great example of y'all interviewing us. So I really yeah. appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but let's get to first, you know, before we get into more background, like why you guys are here, you guys have a uh, amazing movie. Um, that you guys have been touring with um, and getting the chance to sit down with you a little bit before we got up here, just hearing like the love and the response that you're getting. Mm -hmm. uh, and I really expect respect the model of like the straight to consumer kind of new age way sure. that you guys are releasing it. Sure. Um, do you think that y'all would be getting the same type of like love from the people or from the street that you've been receiving if you had went through more mainstream channels? I think so. I think, mm -hmm. um, you know, this film titled Stretch and Bobito Radio That Changed Lives, no matter how we released it, I think um, because the the content of the film is so comes from such a sincere place mm -hmm. in our in both of our hearts that we knew we were going to get our loyal listeners from back in the nineties. That was like done. All we had to yeah. put put was the OC freestyle anyway. over the Lost Professor beat, <laughs> and they were going to be good. But you know, there's a lot of entry points in the film. You know, there's listeners who discuss being homeless, who who discuss being at war. Discuss being incarcerated. We discuss misogyny. There's one listener who who was uh, handicapped, and all of them collectively talk about their memories about mm -hmm. being dedicated to our show, listening, tuning in, the culture of that. And so I think for that, um, the film really hits a, 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 a nerve for people who experience that, but also is like an awakening for people who didn't experience that. But that said, you know. We've been very, very strategic about how we're rolling this film out. You know, the first screening was public, free, and outdoors. You said Central, you had like 3,500 people there, right? 3,500 people at Central Park Summer Stage. And I think we both felt strongly about, you know, yeah, the festivals are great and all that, but Let's just get it to our listeners. You, you plugged know? the projector into the lamppost, correct? <laughs> You're funny. Hey, man, that's, that's, my, that's, my, that's my only good one. Oh, by the way, I'm retiring from yeah, radio right yeah. now. You just got a few. I'm not going to that. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, it was a great, it was a great day and, and uh, electric, you know, unforgettable. Yeah. You know, and, and still, you know, as many sold out screenings as we've done, it's, it's been the highlight, yeah. you know, of the rollout. So I think uh, it was a humble way to, to do it and, you know, we're thankful for the people who showed up. You know, one of the things that's beautiful about the form of how you put it out is the, the the freedom to make sure you tell your story in the terms you'd like to. Similarly to like the freedom of live radio, right? Is like, there's the room to make it whatever it is, even if it's not the tightest thing in the world um, in terms of like oh, controlled. Tight. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, from a slang <laughs> no, point no, of really view, is. no yeah. question. I, I joke, I've joked 
many times I've said, yo, Bob, this is the first well-produced thing we've ever done. (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting because on the one hand, it's an incredibly nuanced, incredibly uh, tight in terms of how it's edited. I think as a piece of filmmaking, it's it's brilliant. And Mm -hmm. that's really, really, that's a testament to to Bob Bito, who after his first film didn't feel comfortable even calling himself a filmmaker. Now he is more comfortable and and he should be because he really has a knack for it. Mm. So with that being said, it is this, you know, very well put together film. And somehow it, it really echoes the freedom and the uh, sort of shooting from the hip um, style of our radio show, even though there, even though one was incredibly well produced and the other had zero production <laughs> whatsoever. And we also follow in that tradition. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but looking at that openness of the radio show, um, when y'all are, and if this is in the film, which we haven't seen yet, just throw that line right at us. I'll, I'll take it. But um, <laughs> when y'all were taking the conversation of, you know, what kind of show should we put on? Like, did you guys have defined roles for each other about like, beyond the like, I'll DJ, I'll host that stuff. The like, I'll keep this piece of it moving forward. You manage these guests. Like, how much of the structure did you define before the radio show? It just, show it just sort of grew organically. I mean, again, we you know we weren't we weren't taught how to do radio. We weren't mm-hmm. apprentices on on radio stations. No one tutored us. No one mentored us. So we had to figure it out. I mean, literally the first show, I didn't really know how to operate a radio station. <laughs> I think I may have gotten an FCC license because I was the student at Columbia, but <laughs> we really didn't know. I mean, you know, we knew a little bit because we were we were students of radio, right? But um, we didn't say, "Oh, you do this, I'll do this." I mean, obviously, I was the DJ at first, and Bob had to do everything else that yeah. wasn't DJing, you know, until he started DJing himself. Um, you know, but we were both involved in in interfacing with artists and developing developing a community in between shows, you know, to 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 nurture the show. But we were very active from Friday afternoons to to Wednesday evenings, Thursday mornings. Thursday afternoons, we were very active in doing uh, whatever each of us could do to make the show as good as it could be. Yeah, when that's the team, that's the team. Everyone, yeah, and and we were we were frankly more interested in spending energy in that way than on making a slick show. Yeah, which which wouldn't even really have been true to to who we were because we weren't typical radio people and we we didn't want to do a typical radio show. Yeah. So so with you being unorthodox uh, and then also being you know, admittedly unexperienced, what were some of like the earliest like hurdles on the entry side? Like, cause I think people understand what it grew to, uh, but what were some of the things that like tripped you up where you were like, oh man, this is- Well, I, I can say that, that I, I feel so bad <laughs> that I was the person recording in the studio because I had no experience, no wherewithal to really, and I was a fan, I'm a hip hop head and I'm a, and I love, great lyrics when due to yeah. rhyming I wasn't paying attention to the record level <laughs> or, the, or, the, or the mic level or yeah. the balance between the beat and the lyrics yeah yeah. so there's some recordings you know early on that I, I just I didn't get it right and you can barely hear the beat you can, and yeah. I'm like hitting myself the next day like that was such a missed opportunity yeah <laughs> but um you know and then that's why some of the the freestyles that exist today uh, that people Revere, I mean, they, they just sound a little distorted yeah. just because I, I was the one like recording and and people romanticize that too. Yeah. They're like, oh, it has this, you know, the '90s New York grittiness. It's like, yeah. no, like nah, we nah, were nah. literally just trying to figure <laughs> out how to turn the mic on. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes the signal was just too hot, so it yeah. didn't matter what what we were recording in the studio. You at home were getting a distorted signal. Yeah, 
This is how it was, but you know, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so I want to put the put the show in context a little bit. Um, so it's 1 a.m. to 5 a.m., right? Mm-hmm. Thursday and night, it's, Friday morning. And it's Morningside Heights in the early 90s. Uh, first of all, like, where were y'all coming from on your way to the studio to do that? And how did you convince people at three o'clock in the morning to go stand outside on 114th Street, you know? Yeah, 116th. Oh, 116th. Yeah. It well, wasn't that side entrance. Ferris Booth Hall was on 115th. Because it's that the side entrance, entrance on Broadway. Anyway, small thing. No, I mean, it didn't take much convincing at all. Like, you know, we, we got on the air. We had guests the very first show, the second show. Every single show, we always had guests. And mm. truthfully, uh, by the time Busta and Lodge Professor came up there and Search and, you know, all these artists that were coming up and Curious was our resident co-host, yeah. resident, you know, off the top of the head MC. Like, we just put the show on smash mode from jump that literally two months into it, we didn't have to invite anybody up ever again. Right. It was people, people hitting us up door, like, yo, yeah. can we come up? And yeah. it was, it was that instantaneous, which is kind of crazy. Typically when an artist goes to a radio station, it's because they're promoting a, a project. Right. But, um, our show, it was we sort of flipped that. Right. Head. So once in a while, an artist would come by because he had a project. Right. But for the most part, people would come by because they want to freestyle. They wanted to get on the mic. <laughs> yeah. They wanted to show New York that they could get busy, or they had a new song that they just made. Yeah. Right. That yeah, was you a tape. Yeah. yeah. So I, I have a question because you just used the, the, the phrase hip hop head. I feel like every hip hop head has done one of the two things. So I wonder if y'all have had this experience. Either of you ever try to rap or and or produce. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought that I'd get some. I rhyme. I rhyme on, on a, records. Yeah, I've done a More couple of. One. Yeah, I have a couple of verses that you know, none of which I'm really happy about. I still get people hitting me up on social media like, "Yo, how come you don't rhyme?" And I'm like, "Oh my, oh god. my god, please!" <laughs> Are you deaf? <laughs> Do your ears not work? No. One of my verses on the Cenobites album was okay. I, I rhymed with Godfather, Donna, Cool Keith, mm. but you know, I, I used the N word. Which you know at the time was part of my vernacular, and I'm not happy about that, mm-hmm. and I debted that. And especially to have that, that yeah. you not it wasn't really in your vernacular. It wasn't. Yeah. I mean, but I said it in a rhyme, right, and sure. you know, whatever. Like, and then it's on wax forever. And then it's on yeah. wax, right? Exactly. Uh, and had some other uh, very forgettable uh, MC performances on other records, but um, but yeah, I mean, stretch, you know, dabbled yeah, in his beat making yeah, too. For sure. Yeah, I was a. Uh, uh, Underambitious producer, <laughs> so like you know, Nas wrapped over a beat I made. That's in the film. We tell the story about that. It, it's funny, and uh, you know, I did I did records with um, Tragedy, with yeah. CNN, Little Kim, with Jay Z. Mm, yeah. um, but just as oh, just just around the time when I could have actually turned that into a, a career, I. <laughs> I lost interest. <laughs> Any, Do you see a pattern? <laughs> that's we don't have to go crazy deep on that, but like what it, there was, it was just a world you didn't want to um, move into, or yeah, you, just dealing with uh, people on the business side just seemed like such a arduous pain in the yeah. ass, you know. And um, it was just more fun to make stuff and play it on the radio. Yeah, so just it, get that rise out of people, like like you said, direct to consumer. Yeah. Um, and also, that's also the time when I started 
becoming less enchanted with hip hop in general. Mm. And also, you know, because I had a reputation for taste and whatnot. And, and I was, you know, we were very... What, what year was that that you started becoming unenchanted with hip hop? I would say the seeds were 95 and then mm. it just was growing okay. each year after that. But the problem for me is that I could program a, a tight beat, but like, I just was like, yo, I... I'm on the radio. I can't put records out if they're, if right. they're not going to be as good as right. all the records I'm playing. Right. I'm when not, the taste is a bit higher than the skill, like it, it's a Yeah. And, and, and a lot of it has to do with my own, you know, personal psychology and, and, yeah, and the difficult I have. <laughs> well, we got couches <laughs> if you want to play. It's not just a typical, you know, some people have a hard time liking what they do. Yeah. And like, I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm too harsh of a critic of my own stuff. So. Which can be a good thing in terms of making yourself Absolutely. good. But I think that, um, you know, only a fool would would dilute their radio show with with stuff that mm. they did just because they did it. Mm. And there are plenty of DJs that do that. So Damon, we're not playing my freestyle. Next week. <laughs> <laughs> That's just not gonna happen. Right, Thank I you was, for changing my mind. I was wondering how to tell you. There, appreciate not that. only are there recordings of me rapping, Uh-oh. but there's a video. Is it in the film? In nineteen. 19- Oh man, homie! <laughs> I went to uh, a a prep school called Collegiate. Mm-hmm. I've seen the sweatshirts the in Central Park. School for boys. There's not a lot. Of, there's not a lot of hip hop coming. That sounds out of there. exactly like. Does it or is that what exactly like it sounds like? The Collegiate School for Boys. Is it's it like yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> the, the windswept hair. It's serious over there. Yeah, yeah. It's um. It, listen, uh, the 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 best thing that I took away from Collegiate, other than having some lifelong friends, was. I learned how to how to write very well, mm. just prose. Yeah. I, I'm, mm. I'm a good writer, um, but it probably was not. It just wasn't the type of school I should have I should have gone to. It mm. was. It didn't. It had no focus, um, you know, on, on creativity and, yeah. and and all that. And you know, I was always sort of like an artistic kind of kid. And I was in this in the school that had you know really ambitious kids that would go on and become like you know, vice president of Goldman Sachs mm-hmm. and like hedge fund guys and just very, you know, doctors. And Upper East Side type stuff. Yeah, Upper like East, Upper West, of yeah. that piece of it and Upper West. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so fast forwarding back to that moment, like 95 and then the subsequent years, you know, you're having this growing seeds of disenchantment. And Bob, I know I've heard you talk about the delving deeper into organizing and activism. What was it for you on that side that initially like sparked those flames of like, let me get more involved in some of the activism happening around New York. Let me backtrack. I, I attended Wesleyan University, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, was sort of nicknamed diversity university. <laughs> and, you know, to my knowledge is where the, the term PC politi- yeah. politically correct came out of, um, hmm. you know, whether that claim is true or not, it's not it, it can't might, be too far it might yeah. it's not far from the truth so you know in the 80s i mean we, we as students were protesting um against apartheid and and advocating uh lesbian and gay rights on campus and you know and other things of that nature yeah. a ton of my friends were activists but in the mid 90s i started hanging out with a friend who was a member of the National Congress of Puerto Rican Rights mm. and then started going to rallies against police brutality and, you know, and finding my voice and realizing uh, the station uh, as a vehicle to, to, mm. to share, like, you know, positive messages and stuff. It, it you know, it, it was just like this sort of slow growth. Um, and a very gradual process of, of, of learning my own identity 
mm-hmm. my identity as a Puerto Rican, my identity as a, as a socially conscious person, as a liberal mind, um, as a progressive mind. And so, um, you know, I took I took the liberty really after me and Stretch part of ways. The show, you know, had to maintain some level of its hip hop format, but I was bringing up activists to you know oh, to wow. announce like. You know about like upcoming protests and mm-hmm. and uh, and talk about nonprofit work and you know I was having like singers like Amel Larue yeah. on my show. Um, that's stuff that that Stretch and I you know we did not do. And why not? Was it conversations y'all had about that? Or? I mean, I think nah, I, we were younger. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. we were younger, and I think I think um and the music was for the most part was just so compelling that it was it was music focused. And, yeah, and you know, as the music wasn't as strong, and you know, I had to fill four hours. <laughs> right, that's a long was like, time. Yeah, it's a long time. So I was like, all right, well, let me bring up some. And y'all didn't have commercials, did you? Oh no, no it's college. No, same it's as us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, back then when when I was when I started to get disenchanted, I was thinking like, how can I make this four hours? more compelling for me what can i do and and plenty of thoughts came to mind but i just dismissed all of them because they they just would be too too disruptive right I mean, y'all I thought, okay maybe thing. maybe yeah. we could split the show in half and be like two hours of hip-hop and the other two hours i could play other music and right. um no, it just no, wouldn't no. it wouldn't work our, our, our listeners wouldn't yeah the no, phone lines would have lit up if it all was, was no it, it like, would have been horrible yeah. it would have been disaster it just wasn't the, the 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 moment or the the station or the format for that because we have reached such a high level, yeah. you know, in, in hip hop world. Yeah. So I, I, on the build, as you were saying, like you kind of had this growth in consciousness and like you being kind of a, a OG walking around a day. You know, I myself have been very active over the last year or so uh, after going down to Ferguson a bunch of times. And a lot of our guests um, who, are, who are artists um, and prominent locally are also at this intersection of like artistry and, mm-hmm. and activism. Which happens in Chicago in a way that, I mean, it happens everywhere, but especially here, like the connections between the organizer circles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we hang out together. Or, I mean, or we are the same It's people. the same people. I mean, that's <laughs> who, who's been on this. Yeah. And that's part of the purpose of the show, right? Mm-hmm. Is to do that work. And so w- with you... You know, uh, I think our biggest weakness is that a lot of us are like just now getting into it and we think we we already have this fatigue or we act like we've been doing this for many years Mm -hmm. and don't have as much like perspective on the recent history. Mm -hmm. Um, So slide back from uh, with uh, (laughs) (laughs) got to do it, got to do it. So um, what what is kind of like from your perspective, how are you seeing the parallels or the the disconnects or the just the continuation of what you were learning and seeing in the 80s and 90s with this movement that may be known as Black Lives Matter or just this greater mainstream attention yeah. to you know racial inequality and police brutality. And sure. how hip-hop fits exactly. and doesn't fit. Yeah, I mean, those, right. are, those are really, those are high-volume questions. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Could you no, answer I mean, all of them one by one? Please? No, no, no. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's one that I'm not completely qualified to answer mm. because I don't pay enough attention to media or to music these days. I will say though that Stretch and I were, were blessed to do a radio show in the era that we did. We arrived on radio in 1990 when rap music mm. was, was at its height in terms of political yeah. awareness mm. and its identity as as a uh well, almost it was like almost over identified at that point with 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 the African American experience and, and black power, which you know Stretch and I are not African American. Um, but you know, we, we, we loved it. You know, I would always say in the nineties during interviews that it doesn't matter if, if it's G rap talking about, you know, money in the bank or 
Public Enemy talking about Farrakhan's a prophet they think you should listen to. You know, they're both revolutionary in that if you think about hip hop, period, it's the first time in U.S. history that people of color on grand scale have the voice, the platform to to speak as freely as they were. I mean, there were blues artists in the 30s and 40s who had to speak in very coded manners. You know, the soul music of, of Mm. of the 60s eventually arrived at, you know, Stevie Wonder and... Curtis Mayfield and these artists that could speak about about social issues and and, yeah, and, yeah, but, when, and yeah. but when Marvin goes, what's going on? That's like the biggest like no one's ever said anything mm-hmm. like that right? before. Yeah. So that's one level, but then it gets it, when you get to hip hop, it goes a complete other level because you're not just worrying about melodies and, and yeah, choruses it's and explicit. It's it's super to explicit and it's and it's and it's way more militant, you know, and it's and it's more far reaching. I mean, Gil Scott Heron, yeah. Last Poets, were great artists. But they didn't have the commercial success that a public right. enemy had. Right. You know, Stretch and I arrived in 1990 at a, at a moment in time that's, you know, with consciousness and hip hop is amazing, you know, in a really in a, in a really positive way. By like 96, 98, that tone changed where mm-hmm. like the conscious artist co- sort of got boxed in. Like even LL Cool J, you know, at one point <laughs> was yeah. talking about, you know, some level of of positivity in his rhymes. I mean, you know, and he was like the biggest of the big. Yeah. You know, they run DMC. They had the African medallions. They were wearing the yeah. The hats. yeah. It was it was infectious. Yeah. It was infectious. And so um, by '96, that that sort of changed. And then you know, moving forward, you know, we we haven't always had the artists using the platform mm-hmm. as well as they could. The the art form is still revolutionary because people of color have a voice right. and it's being heard all around the world. You know, now it's up to the artist to to use that voice in the most meaningful way for them and also for the community that they speak to mm-hmm. if they choose. And so if you guys are doing a show where you're allowing that platform and engaging and encouraging that platform, then yo, props to, to the two of you. But Appreciate it. you know, it's it's uh it's not the utility doesn't always have to be that. Right. Sure. As a Lovely as a white question. dude in this, I you know, what I've always said is um, I mean, f- first is that everything that Bob just spoke about was just exciting, just, just as a human being, just to be a part of, because there's, you know, there's right and wrong, right? Right. Yeah. And if there's something that's revolutionary and it's right, who wouldn't be down for it, right? Mm, right. You'd have to be <laughs> either, you know, really invested in, in the status quo or just ignorant. Right. Um, and I think the same thing could be said about Black Lives Matter, right? It's almost ridiculous that it needs to be said. Yeah. yeah. But it does. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm all for that. And just as I was all about you know, everything that, that Bob just enunciated uh, so eloquently. And and I think, you know, for me, in defense of me, you know, because I think that some of the more socially conscious uh, fans and, and followers and friends that Bob had, they looked at at me as, as I think some of them, I'm imagining, I, I didn't really have this conversation with, with any of them, but being like, oh, okay, so Stretch is a white dude and he's playing these really antisocial records that are encouraging some really mm. um, sort of nefarious behavior. You know, I can't really, I don't know really how to defend that now in hindsight. I mean, I think I probably um, would just have to say that that artistically, some of these records were incredible and they they made me feel a certain way. Right. Um, but I got mixed feelings about them in hindsight. Mm-hmm. That's also, you know, that's a part of, of maturing and, and getting older and uh, being more aware of, of what uh, your decision, of the effects that your decisions have on, you know, on people at large. And the way you listen to records and people and voices changes and evolves as you get better at it over the years. Yeah. yeah. 
Yo, yo, what's up? This is Bobby Dugosi, a.k.a. Cool Bob Love. Ooh, ooh. And Stretch Armstrong in the place to be. You listen to WHBK. And the name of the show is Air Go. Go, 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 There you have it, folks. The uh, the inspiration, the four parents of what we do here at Ergo, Stretch and Bobito. This is and has been Ergo, WHPK 88.5, ErgoRadio.com. A very happy new year to you all. It's been such a pleasure on behalf of myself and my co-host Damon bringing this show to you uh, for the last six months. We're excited to keep bringing it to you as we get close to the very end here you know i just it's been an important year in so many different ways um and there's been so much incredible art uh in response and so much collective action that's uh fighting to make the world you know more equitable fresher uh and uh just better moving forward as we face seemingly insurmountable challenges so get active get involved find a space where you can contribute in whatever little way you can uh it's been a joy using this show as that platform and as i said look forward to continuing to do so as we get ready to leave for the year we'll talk to you 2016 i'm going to leave you with words of one of chicago's strongest voices miriam kaba as she ends her day on twitter every day may tomorrow bring us more justice and some peace thanks so much for tuning in much love Talk to you in 2016, WHPK.